Hello, and welcome to Inside the Pinstripes. This podcast is about the history of the New York Yankees. It is my goal to record and upload a new episode every week. You can always find this podcast at podbean.com and soundcloud.com. Feel free to tweet about the podcast at InsideNYY on Twitter and comment on Facebook at Inside the Pinstripes. I would love to hear your thoughts on each topic. Inside the Pinstripes will focus more on the history of the New York Yankees, although at times I may want to dive into some topics currently going on with them. But for right now, I would like to just focus primarily on the Yankees from a historical perspective and less on what is happening today with the Yankees. So let's just start with today's topic, the five best Yankees managers in Yankees history. Let's start with the old professor, Casey Stengel, who managed 3,760 games as a major league manager, and 1,851 of them were with the Yankees. He led them to a winning percentage of 623 from 1949 to 1960, winning at least 90 games every year for 12 years except in 1959. They had a 587 winning percentage under Casey Stengel in 63 postseason games. The old professor won seven World Series titles, all with the Yankees, including winning five championships in a row from 1949 to 1953. No other organization in Major League Baseball history has won five championships in a row. In fact, the only two sports franchises that have won at least five championships in a row are the Boston Celtics with eight straight championships in a row, and the Montreal Canadiens with five straight championships in a row. Stengel also played for the New York Giants and once hit a home run in Game 3 of the 1923 World Series at Yankee Stadium. As he rounded the bases, he thumped his nose toward the Yankees' dugout, showing the kind of character that he was well known for even as a manager. In fact, he had quite a few quotes that were dubbed as Stengel-less, such as, You've got to get 27 outs to win. There comes a time in every man's life, and I've had plenty of them. Talking about Yogi, he'd fall in the sewer and come up with a gold watch. All I can ask is that you bust your hiney on that field. I don't know if he throws a spitball, but he sure spits on the ball. Can anybody here play this game? About the 1964 Mets. Mantle had more ability than any player I ever had on that club. On pitchers, nobody ever had too many of them. In 1949, the Yankees were led by five Hall of Famers from 1949 to 1951. Joe D., Yogi Berra, Phil Rizzuto, the scooter, Whitey Ford, who was the chairman of the board, and Johnny Mize, who hit three home runs at age 39 in the 1952 World Series against the Brooklyn Dodgers. Then in 1951, they were joined by another Hall of Famer, Mickey Mano, known as the Commerce Comet, all part of teams that Stengel led to five World Series titles in a row. However, just having the best players does not guarantee success, as history tells us in baseball. In fact, Casey Stengel was known for bringing back the use of platooning players, which he picked up from his former manager and mentor, John McGraw, from the New York Giants. So he was not afraid to make difficult or unpopular decisions for the good of the team. 
He was also a mentor for future Yankees manager Billy Martin. However, as John Sterling once said, all good things must come to an end. In 1960, when Bill Mazeroski walked off with a home run to win the World Series for the Pirates on one swing of the bat, Stengel's tenure as Yankees manager would end. So in Stengel's own words, Well, that's baseball. Rags to riches one day and riches to rags the next. But I've been in it 36 years and I'm used to it. It is hard to imagine anyone criticizing a manager who led his team to seven championships in 12 years. However, because they were so used to winning championships every year, even Casey Stengel was criticized for overmanaging. Keep in mind, the Yankees made it to the World Series in 10 of the 12 seasons that he managed them. I believe Casey Stengel said it best when he said, Managing is getting paid for home runs as someone else hits. On to another great Yankees manager, Joe McCarthy, who managed 2,348 games and had a winning percentage of 627 in 16 seasons with the Yankees. He managed them to 107 wins in 1933 and 106 wins in 1939, as well as four more seasons with at least 101 wins. They were 29-9 in his tenure in the postseason and also won seven World Series just like Stengel did. He even led the Yankees to four World Series in a row from 1936 to 1939. They won seven of eight pennants from 1936 to 1943, and he was also the first manager to win the pennant with an American League and a National League club. The National League club was the Cubs in 1929. Joe McCarthy had a very low-key approach. He also came up with the Ten Commandments for success in baseball. Number one, nobody ever became a ball player by walking after a ball. Number two, you will never become a 300 hitter unless you take the bat off your shoulder. Number three, an outfielder who throws in back of a runner is locking the barn after a horse is stolen. Number four, keep your head up and you may not have to keep it down. Number five, when you slide, slide. He who changes his mind may have to change a good leg for a bad one. Number six, do not alibi on bad hops. Anyone can feel the good ones. Number seven, always run them out. You never can tell. Number eight, do not quit. Number nine, do not fight too much with umpires. You cannot expect them to be as perfect as you are. Number ten, a pitcher who hasn't control hasn't anything. Great advice for kids just learning the game of baseball. After the 1945 season, he led the Yankees to an 81-71 record, his worst record as Yankees manager. Then, after a 22-13 record in May of 1946, McCarthy and Larry McPhail, who was the new owner, had a conflict, and McCarthy was fired. So a couple years later, in 1948, he took the job with the Red Sox, leading them to a 96-58 record. He still remains the Yankees' all-time leading manager with 1,460 wins and a 627 winning percentage, while also leading the Yankees to six 100-win seasons. Next manager on the list is Miller Huggins, who managed from 1918 to 1929. Huggins had also been known as Mighty Might, Little Everywhere, and Rabbit. 
Miller-Huggins managed in 2,570 games in his career for the Cincinnati Reds and St. Louis Cardinals, as well as the Yankees. He managed in 1,796 games with 1,067 wins and a 597 winning percentage during his career as Yankees manager. Miller-Huggins is obviously most known for leading the Yankees to a 110-44 record in 1927 with his Murderer's Row lineup featuring Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Tony Lazzari, Earl Coombs, and Bob Musil. The year also famously known as the year Ruth set the home run record to 60, a standard even today for power hitters. Ruth also hit 365 with 165 runs batted in and a 487 on base percentage followed by Gehrig who had 47 home runs, a 373 batting average, and a 474 on base percentage as well as 173 runs batted in. The leadoff hitter and center fielder Earl Coombs had a 356 batting average and a 414 on base percentage with 15 stolen bases. The second baseman Tony Lazzari had a 309 batting average and a 383 on base percentage with 18 home runs and 102 runs batted in. Murderers Row in 1927 dominated the major leagues with 158 home runs. In fact, Babe Ruth by himself had four more home runs than the next best home run hitting team that year, the Philadelphia A's. Miller Huggins led the Yankees to six first-place finishes, as well as eight seasons with at least 89 wins or more, two 100-win seasons, six pennants, and three World Series titles. Another one of the best managers in Yankees history was Joe Torre, who led the Yankees to the playoffs every year as their skipper. Torre managed 4,329 games in his career. That also included managerial stints with the Mets, Braves, Cardinals, and Dodgers as well. He had never managed a team to the playoffs at that point, besides the 1982 Atlanta Braves, who got swept by the St. Louis Cardinals. However, Torrey eventually went on to lead the Yankees to 1,173 wins with a 605 winning percentage during his 12-year Yankees career, while never missing the playoffs, as well as leading the Yankees to a 618 winning percentage in the postseason. He led them to five World Series and four World Series titles in six years. The Yankees were the first team to win three straight World Series titles since the Oakland A's accomplished the same feat from 1972 to 1974. Torrey had a great relief corps of Mike Stanton, Jeff Nelson, Ramiro Mendoza, and Graham Lloyd to get to the incomparable Mariano Rivera, as well as John Wetland, in 1996. Torrey had a great relief corps of Mike Stanton, Jeff Nelson, Romero Mendoza, Graham Lloyd, to get to the incomparable Mariano Rivera, as well as John Wetland, in 1996. Joe Torrey and his staff would often use the 6-2-1 formula, which was the starting pitcher for six innings, Mariano Rivera for two innings, and John Wetland for the ninth. And sometimes it would be the starting pitcher for five innings, Mariano for three innings, and then John Wetland for the ninth. Torrey was great at dealing with players in the clubhouse who had personal troubles for many years, such as Daryl Strawberry and Doc Gooden. He was also great at handling egos in the locker room, 
So many players have said he was like a father to them, or a second father. Joe Torre led the Yankees to no less than 87 wins in any of his 12 seasons, including four seasons with 100 wins or more. Also, the 87-win team in 2000 still went on to win the World Series. The 1998 Yankees won the most games in one season, including the postseason, with 125 wins, eclipsing the record set by the 1927 Yankees with 114, led by Miller Huggins, a record that still stands today. There were also not a lot of superstars on the 1998 Yankees. They did have a couple of Hall of Famers, though. Mariano Rivera and Tim Raines, as well as future Yankees Hall of Famer Derek Jeter. However, Tim Raines was on the downside of his great career, so it was very much a complete team effort. Keep in mind, Jeter was not even the captain of the Yankees yet. Three other key players for the Yankees, though, were Bernie Williams, who had become one of the best center fielders in the game at that time, Jorge Posada, who was becoming the starting catcher and gave the Yankees another switch-hitting power hitter like Bernie Williams. The third key player was Andy Pettit, who had already become well-known as a great ground ball pitcher and was able to win some big games as a, at a young age. Some of the veteran leaders on that team, Paul O'Neill, Tino Martinez, Joe Girardi, David Wells, and David Cohn, as well as Scott Brocious, and others. Brocious had even played in a career-high 152 games and hit 300 for just the second time in his career. Also, Brocious was the World Series MVP that year in 1998 versus the Padres. Another player to have a career year was David Wells, who pitched a perfect game on May 11, 1998 versus the Twins. And finally, last but not least, the bullpen, along with newly elected Hall of Famer Mariano Rivera in 1998, featured Mike Stanton, Jeff Nelson, Ramiro Mendoza, and Graham Lloyd. As for later in Torrey's career, he still had great teams with the same core of players around him, for the most part, besides Bernie Williams in 2007. However, things did not come as easily for the Yankees as it did in the beginning of Torrey's tenure. However, they still always managed to make the playoffs throughout his entire Yankees career and made it to six World Series, winning four of them. Girardi led the Yankees to four American League Championship Series appearances in 2009, 2010, 2012, and 2017, his last year. He managed 10 years with the Yankees, winning at least 91 games in five of his 10 seasons, he never had a losing record as Yankees manager, continuing the Yankees' success of consecutive winning seasons in a row to 25, dating all the way back to 1992. And finally, one last manager to talk about. In the running for the top five managers in Yankees history is Billy Martin, who was known for having great baseball instincts and knew the game like the back of his hand. He really carried what it meant to be a Yankee on his sleeve every day. He wasn't afraid to let a player know what he felt about how they were playing. Billy also struggled with alcoholism throughout his life. Because of that, it really seemed to be tough for him managing while under a lot of scrutiny from the boss, George Steinbrenner. As a manager, he won just one World Series title with the Yankees in 1977, although he was a big part of the 1978 team, although he did get fired after the first half of the 1978 season. However, 
He went on to have four more stints as Yankees manager. In his entire managerial career, he won 1,253 games out of 2,267 games. He managed for the Yankees, the Twins, the A's, Rangers twice, and Tigers. He also had 91 or more wins in four out of eight seasons. Of course, some of those seasons were partial seasons with the Yankees. He won a total of 556 games and had a 591 winning percentage. And so finally, my top five managers in Yankees history are number one, Joe McCarthy, number two, Casey Stengel, and number three, Joe Torre, number four, Miller Huggins, and number five, Joe Girardi. Although the manager is not the only reason for a team's success, I have to think it really helps when your team has a manager who is a leader and is not afraid to make a move or not make a move, even if it doesn't work out especially in today's game with baseball analytics being thrown into the equation and video as well. There are so many little things that can be factored in a decision for a manager, but you still have to make that decision. Also, the general manager, baseball operations staff, and coaches are also very important as well. So even though the manager is very important, it is still a complete team effort, even more so with baseball analytics, like I said being involved in the game today. Thank you all so much for listening, everyone. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud.com and Podbean.com. Feel free to like and share the podcast with your friends and other Yankee fans as well. If you would like, you can also send an email at InsideThePinstripes at gmail.com. Feel free to check out the previous podcast on the top five Yankees of all time and why. Again, Inside the Pinstripes is also on Facebook and Twitter at InsideNYY. So feel free to let me know your top five Yankees of all time and top five managers of all time in Yankees history. So that's all for this week from Inside the Pinstripes. Have a great week, everyone. And as always, go Yankees.